Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationBoise.com. All right, so we have been looking at the good books that have helped us to follow Jesus Christ, that have shaped our hearts to love God more, that is, that have shaped us to love our people more. And uh, so if you've missed any of the, the past broadcasts, just go to our website at ReformationBoise.com. But we're moving on today to what books have significantly changed your perspective on something. What books have you read that have changed your perspective from when you picked it up to when you put it down? I'm actually going to refer to what probably are three non-reformed books right out of the chute, and then I'll let my esteemed brothers correct me as we go along. (laughs) Um, A book I read in my high school years that just at least, as these guys have talked about the late great planet Earth, though they disagree with it theologically, at least in parts, did shape their thinking. Um, I had one with This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness, it, it, by Frank Peretti, it just made me aware of the spiritual dynamics of of the reality in which we live. Mm-hmm. It helped me at least to wrestle with what Ephesians 6 was talking about. Now, I'm going to suggest that I don't actually believe Peretti is right in his depictions of how it all works, but it did at least shape my thinking about that component of the Christian life, that there is a spiritual dimension that we're often unaware of. And it made me more aware of that. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. have to separate what is fiction from fact, and so that's an important part of of that. But as far as drawing attention to that, Mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Then my second one, as long as I'm I'm just putting out enough rope to hang myself... Becky Pippert wrote a book, Out of the Salt Shaker, Great book. and Into the World. <laughs> and once again, I've, I've, I've since read better books on evangelism and, and probably more theologically sound ones, but that really did awaken me to the idea, people that surround me day to day that are in need of hearing the gospel and about how life interacts with other people in such a way that we need to put um, the gospel on display in our lives and in our conversations and how we have to enter into the shallows of other people's lives in order to move into the deeper parts to allow us to share the gospel. And so there was just a lot in that book that awakened this idea that I need to be about evangelism and caring about people and involved with people and seeing people. She has a, another book called Hope Has Its Reasons, and uh, in that it's got some interesting dialogue and story. One of them is she's auditing a class at university. Uh, the person is talking about dealing with the you know, just a functional family or whatever, and, and she's asking the question, well, how do you get past that? And the professor in the end is just saying, 
good luck, you know, and and uh, she has a better reason. She knows uh, you know, she knows Christ. She knows the the compassion of Christ, and she she brings that out. I I kind of liked uh, some. I like her writing style. I think that when I think of uh, books that have changed my perspective, they tend to be one way about theology, and then I I changed, and that doesn't necessarily make them as user friendly to an audience because they may be comfortable with where they're at. Uh, but by reading certain things, I was. You know, I grew up in a. We talked about the late great planet Earth. You know, I I I was really afraid of the rapture and that sort of thing. I'm not afraid of it now. I there I have a great confidence in the fact that the Lord returns. You know, when He died on the cross, He forgave all my sins. And you know, even though I want to keep short accounts, I mean, uh, you know, it's not like if I I sinned in the moment I left this office that you know He would leave me behind. You know, that came out of that uh, that whole dispensational movement. And one of the books that I read. Uh, was uh, by R.C. Sproul's mentor, uh, John Gerstner. John Gerstner kind of valued controversy as a way of clearing the air. It <laughs> you know, was like dropping a bomb on a playground, you know, he, you know, and he gave a critique of dispensationalism called Wrongly Dividing the Word of Truth, uh, sh- showed this gap between um, even dispensationalism and Calvinism, what, you know, what we would breathe as the doctrines of grace, and then also contrast that with covenant theology and I can remember reading this and it, the thing is when you read good theology it begins to resonate mm-hmm. and it, it's almost you know you, 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 all of a sudden it's touching the very thing that you were concerned about and and you, you begin to, it resonates with the truth I think the you know the Holy Spirit begins to illuminate your reading so that you begin to think God's thoughts after him you know that was a particularly good uh, book for me. There were others, you know, like early on, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J. Hy Packer, yeah. you know, dealing with... Which is a better book than Pippert's Out of the Salt Shaker. Yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. throwing it out there. It's about human responsibility and the sovereignty of God. I was on my way to ministry before, uh, really, I was pretty, pretty much a theological neophyte. I didn't really, uh, you know, I, I couldn't even tell... It said in a seminary on it, and I was headed there. You know, that that was part of it. I didn't really have a theology myself. I was just broadly evangelical. And so I had a real argument with the sovereignty of God. Yeah. You know, and it, it was such that when it would come up in class, you know, my answer to it was I didn't have an answer so I just will stay home, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. and that, and it was it was through reading these things that I that uh, I had to wrestle with my own thoughts rather than somebody else's uh, thoughts in a classroom, and right. it, and it right. changed me. I can't help it; I have to name drop that, uh, and it'll also show what an ancient crustacean I am. I knew Becky Pippert when she was an intervarsity staff worker at Reed College right. in Oregon, and when she was you know doing you know I'll, I'll give her this and and. Uh, maybe it's not the best book on evangelism in the world, and and and, and today I would agree. Evangelism and the evangelism and the sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer is a much better book, and it was a revolutionary book for me. Uh, but but boy, Becky was Becky was doing it. I, mean, I she liked was, it. Yeah, she was she was doing evangelism. In a place where a whole lot of people at Reed College, which is kind of yeah, a, that's you know, a liberal <laughs> yes, university. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a secular space station. Boy, she was salt. She was being salty on that campus, and, yeah. and, and it I've was kept of, the book on my bookshelf. Yeah. I've, I'm okay with it being right there, right beside. I think it's actually sitting between "Let the Nations Be Be Glad" and evangelism and, and the sovereignty of yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, for me, what books have uh, significantly changed my perspective on something, I think just in recent history, Randy Alcorn's book on heaven uh, mm-hmm. was very, very helpful because I think a lot of, including myself, a lot of Christians have this perspective on, you know, we're going to be um, these disembodied, you know, spirits floating around on clouds up in heaven. And that's not at all the perspective that uh, mm-hmm. that. God gives in in the Bible, and I think that's one of Satan's greatest attacks on um, the gospel is to make heaven look as unattractive as possible. So, Randy Corn, Alcorn's book on heaven. Just real quick, did you read his Grace, Grace and Truth Paradox book as well? No, is that good? I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought it was helpful. I read his book on happiness, which I, which I really liked, by the way. That's mm-hmm. also really good. Uh, Tim Keller's book, Every Good Endeavor. I know you guys are going to do a study on that here, here soon. Man, I just think uh, looking at – so Every Good Endeavor is about how we, we connect our work to God's work mm-hmm. and talk about you know breaking down those paradigms of being a Sunday-only Christian. This is a fabulous book if you are struggling with how do I be a Christian at work. And then the third book, uh, Rosaria Butterfield's The Secret Confessions of an Unlikely Convert. Excellent book. Oh, she, she's just wonderful. And I think one of the things that impacted me most about that book is that she's able to do something that Tim Keller does really well, which is to affirm something in culture, even unbelieving culture, that is good and that's an impulse that's given from God, and to be able to critique it without destroying it. So she'll look mm-hmm. at the homosexual culture and she'll say, you know, they got hospitality down really well. Yeah, and she's yeah. not endorsing, you know, the the, the baggage that comes along well, with that. You need that. to tell people who Rosaria Butterfield is, yeah. because she she was a professor at Syracuse University. She was she was teaching women's studies, lesbian, gay studies, and that she was in in that lifestyle. Uh, she had she had written something, and some pastor just happened to write her a letter that said, "How did you come to your conclusions?" Basically, mm-hmm. you know, what is the hermeneutic that you use to reach the conclusions you have and it wasn't uh it wasn't a critical letter she didn't round file it in fact she said she tried to round file it about three times you know and and she kept pulling it out flattening it out and putting it on her desk and not knowing what to do and that led to a conversation with this minister who invited her over and uh, welcomed her as she was into her home and they and they had dialogue and she becomes that unlikely convert. Yeah. And, and she's able to bridge a gap that, that I mentioned earlier about Whitfield, um, how she can absolutely, you know, love people, even people who are still trapped in the homosexual lifestyle, and critique the lifestyle at the same time. So she'll, she'll argue against liberal Christians who will say, oh, you know, homosexuality is okay. You know, we just need to accept them the way they are and their practices. And she says, no, if, if you, you're leading them right to hell by, by affirming this practice. Well, she, what doing. she does is she says, she, she began to understand that her identity wasn't her sexuality. Her identity was what God said her identity was mm-hmm. in, in terms of who she was and how she was to relate to him. Mm-hmm. And so she found her identity there. You know, you know, she came out of that lifestyle. She ends up marrying, marrying a pastor yeah. and, and that, but she's written and she's written a follow-up book to that. And she's yeah. actually, you know, she, she is a hospitable woman. She yeah. she wrote a, a new book called Hospitality Comes with a House Key. The gospel comes with a house key. The gospel comes with a house yeah. key. Thank you for correcting me. Yeah. The gospel comes with a house key, Rosario Butterfield. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I heard her tell that story, you know, and it's a remarkable story. You yeah. need to get the book because it is a page turner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very if good. you're not a reader, the good thing about Rosario Butterfield is when she has given some talks, she in essence has given her book. Mm-hmm. So if you just 
um, Google her name and, and some of these titles. She's given these talks at, at two different Ligonier conferences, which is the essence of the book in oral form. Mm-hmm. So you can well, get she the, was an she was an English professor. Yeah. So I mean, she she uses words so well, and she writes well. So she's an easy read too. Yeah. 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 By the way, that's a good point. Um, you know, I was a tile setter for a number of years before I, I came into the ministry, and part of my schooling was just by listening and listening and listening and listening to podcasts and audiobooks and and the like. And if you're one of those people that don't, you know, don't have a lot of time to read, man, there are. We live in an age of wonderful podcasts. Yeah, you can be an auditory learner. Yeah, I mean. Yep. It's just wonderful. Sermon Audio has just a lot of good sermons, but also just podcasts that are well worth the listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and uh, you can find us. Uh, us is Russell Herman, Pastor over at Cloverdale, Jonathan Van Hoogen, Pastor at Spring, Phil Moran, Pastor at Christ Prez. My name is Josh Bells. I'm Pastor at The Well. You can find us at ReformationBoise.com. You can find out information about our annual conference that's coming up in November. This year's theme is Living in Between. We have two guest speakers, Dr. Anthony Savaggio and Dr. David Murray. The conference is for free. You can register right there on our website. You can also get caught up on our past broadcasts. And also you can email us at info at reformationvoice.com. You can ask questions, suggest topics for future broadcasts. We would love to hear from you. So we will see you next time. This is the Gospel for Life. <laughs>